You know, it is absolutely, almost absolutely impossible for an African-American coach with a winning record to get fired as a coach, whether it's football, whether it is basketball. It doesn't matter. In college, that's all the rage. But guess what? The great Tugger, Mel Tucker, managed to do it. I think he's the dumbest sports human being walking planet Earth right now. But that Brenda Tracy's no good either. We'll be right back because what? Don't at me starts right now. I will argue that Mel Tucker, the beleaguered, now fired coach of Michigan State football, is the dumbest coach walking the planet. There are a lot of dumb ones. He might be, ladies and gentlemen, the dumbest sports personality walking the planet. It is literally, and I'm sure this is not politically correct, but I got to tell you, every school wants to hire an African-American coach. You become a head coach in college. First thing the AD does is you can hire an African-American. How many African-Americans are you going to have? True story. I mean, people can get mad. And I hear all the time from Jamel Hill and everybody else how different it is for African-Americans, how much better they have to be. That's simply not true. I mean, look, I'm not going to get into guys I hired, but they would have never been hired were they white, some of them. Anyway, the deal is simply this. Mel Tucker, it is impossible impossible to get fired at a school like Michigan State in a league that wants to be so politically correct. But Mel Tugger managed to do it and leave $75 million. I heard it was $79, then I read today it was $75 million on the table because, well, frankly, he embarrassed the university. There's a clause in his contract. It goes back to the old Porky's movie. Moral turpitude. That's what it says in the contract. Don't embarrass us. Don't shame us. Don't make us subject to ridicule as the head coach of Michigan State football. Mel Tucker did all those three things, according to Michigan State. And then, this is how bad Mel Tucker's lawyers were, they used Mel Tucker's own statements through his lawyer against him, saying, look, you admitted to doing this. You admitted this. You admitted to baiting fish on the phone with Brenda Tracy. And by the way, Brenda Tracy is no prize either. She's a woman's advocate, right? She's a survivor. Hey, look, I pray for you. That's horrible. I know what you went through. Uh, It had to be absolutely terrible. But apparently she had come out of it, and now she's guiding people on what to do. And this woman couldn't get off the phone when the dude was baiting fish. He was sitting there beating it, and she couldn't hang up and say, hey, yo, Mel. Call me back in a couple days when you and that thing that you're holding simmers down. She couldn't do that. She's the one telling young men and young women how to act, how to get out of situations, and she couldn't do it. She involved herself with a married man. And don't think for a second this is just two people on the phone. No, this is two people that developed an attraction on the phone many, many, many times because they wanted to be on the phone. They wanted to talk to each other. But Tucker took it two different places that it didn't have three different places. One, the relationship became a little bit too close. That's one. Two, he beat it. And when you're on the phone beating it in, and three, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, and she got him. Eight months later, after he dusted her, after he broke it off, she got him. He thought he was getting her by, you know, pulling on it. He thought he was doing some fun stuff. Uh Uh-uh. She got him. She's smart. She's devious. 
and she went after Mel Tucker. Nothing happened to her. I mean, let's be honest with you. When you have all those conversations before, and one of the conversations involves her talking about working out so she uh, can look better naked to a guy that she knows is attracted to her, don't even start that. And this isn't me talking. This is my wife talking. Whenever we get in situations like this, I ask my wife, and she's like, come on, Dan. Every woman that age knows that's been through some stuff. You're not bringing up being naked to a guy that's into you on the phone. You're just not. So just stop it. I know, well, there shouldn't be anything wrong. Oh, just stop. I live in the real world. So Tucker, who was married, took it too far, and Tucker just played right into Michigan State's hands. Now, Michigan State has always been a dirtbag place. We know this. Larry Nasser is the poster child for it, but there's so much else going on there. They wanted to get rid of Tucker. They knew what I told Michigan State when they hired him. This dude was a fraud. Every person that I know in football that knew Tucker and knew of his work said he was a complete fraud, but he had a kid named Walker. And the kid named Walker in the transfer portal led him to an 11-win season. He has he is 5-14 uh, and 14 when you take out the 11 wins in one year. Well, there you go. There's why he was fired. If he was a decent human being, if he had built up some equity in the building, then the Tugger would have been kept. But make no mistake, Michigan State was very much in its rights to fire him. People are going to disagree with that, but the bottom line and the final line is this. You're the coach. You know not to crap where you eat. You bring in somebody that you pay. That person then becomes a vendor of the school. You paid them with university's money. And then you do this. Like, the Title IX stuff's all crap. You can have a civil suit. You can do all that. Hell, I had some woman accuse me of violence because I said I would not go at it in a pool with her. So all that stuff is just crap, garbage, and made-for-TV nonsense. The real is what's really going on with this Brenda Tracy. What is she really about? And, of course, the stupidity of Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker is the dumbest human being on the planet Sports division, $75 million says so. Somebody will give him a chance because, well, he's an African-American coach that, you know what, uh, has done okay. Not like he should be banned forever, but he'll get another shot. Not as a head coach, maybe, but you know what, he'll make some money and life will be good, and at some point he'll become a victim. Uh, Damian Lillard is 33 years old. Did you know this? I'm going to go through this with you. 2000. And 19, he played in 20 games. 20. No, I'm sorry, I lied. 2019-20, he played in 66 games. 21-67, now here's where it gets sexy. 22-29 games is what he played in in 2022. 2022-23, 58 games. He's played in 87 games in two years. He's 33 years old and he's a guard. And Frank, frankly, he's never lifted a team out of anything. I mean, let's be honest. I know he was first team all NBA five years ago. That's great. That's dog years in a guard in the NBA's life. Now, in the NBA, the guys are in great shape and little kids coming up can't play dead, even though they're hyped to play. But that's the way the world works. The truth of the matter is the Milwaukee Bucks gave in to the great Giannis Antetokounmpo by him saying, hey, look, I'm out of here. If I don't have a chance to win a championship, well, he's already won one, and now he's got Lillard, and people are saying two things. One, that, wow, look at this. The pick and roll is going to be unbelievable. Okay. All right. Hey, I get it. 
Lillard has the street cred of a tough dude, so every NBA writer and white media guy kisses his ass because if you don't kiss Damian Lillard's ass, then you're not tough, you're not street, because he's got that kind of reputation, not as a bad guy. He came from the street. He has given back. He's all about where he came from, which is Oakland, which, if you don't know, is very, very tough, and he's a very tough dude. But white media loves that stuff. White media gets scared to death particularly white NBA media, about saying anything bad. This guy makes shots from half court, and everybody goes wow as his team loses. This guy makes shots from half court, and everybody loses their mind because he gives a smirk. He makes one out of about six, but you'll see it on SportsCenter. This guy hasn't elevated his team ever. And to say this is the new super team, it is, but it's only because, whatever his name is, maybe the greatest player on the planet. So just stop it, stupid. Damian Lillard trade, nice, that's fine. Uh, Devin McCourty is a guy everybody likes. I can't hear Devin McCourty when he's on TV. He talks like that. Hey, look, he's like that guy, Rafael Javis, or whatever his name is on the Big Ten Network. I'm always going, huh? Huh? Devin McCourty, good player. He and his twin brother, fantastic player. Well, Mac Jones has a reputation of hitting guys in the package. Mac Jones, a little quarterback who looks like an accountant, of the New England Patriots has a reputation of kind of giving the old ball tap rooney Well, guess what? You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do that, Mac Jones, Grayson Allen, who, by the way, was traded. Uh, no, quit hitting guys in the package. And aren't you guys in the NFL supposed to wear cups? Or are you advertising with them tight pants like I used to do in the tight shorts at Indiana? Yeah, that's right. No jock for me. A little bit of underwear. And guess what? The ladies loved it. The shorts were tight and others were big. I digress. We're getting too crazy here. Anyway, here's the deal. Mac Jones got called out by Devin McCourty. He did. He has to stop being around those incidents. It's getting to the point where, is it on purpose? Did this happen? Is it intentional? It's not going to matter. It's going to get the hell knocked out of him. That's I added that part to him because that's what happens in pro football or college football. You get the hell knocked out of you. Silo Sanders, Deion Sanders' son, effed around and found out. He was going to beat everybody up before the game. By the end of the game, he's in the hospital, pissing blood. Football's different. Basketball, well, Larry Bird didn't take his warm-up off. What a tough guy and won the three-point contest. Yeah, who cares? Football, they'll kill you, and you don't want to be killed. Patrick Soutan. Patrick Sertan apparently is a good player. Now, great. Patrick Sertan's father was a good player. Everybody's a good player. Patrick Sertan, his father is mad. Patrick Sertan's father says Patrick deserves better than the Denver Broncos. Let me tell you something, Patrick Sertan and your father. We deserve better than the Denver Broncos. That's right. We do. We all deserve better than the Denver Broncos. Who the hell wants to watch that crap? Patrick Sertan's daddy was in the NFL. Toiling in the soil. Shake my head to you deserve better. Okay. Well, maybe so. Now, this guy wasn't an NFL player, older Sertan, for 11 years. But last I looked, I don't know, maybe my eyes were deceiving me, but Patrick Sertan's second got his ass beat left and right. They all did. We deserve better than to watch this guy give up 70. We as NFL fans deserve better 
than when guys are going to miss tackles, not put their nose in there, play like complete little batches. And that's what Sertain and the rest of his teammates did. We deserve better, people. Hey, Gritty, you deserve better. Sean Black, you deserve better. Van Pasterman, you deserve better. We all deserve better. Tell me about Patrick Sertan deserves better. Are you crazy? Anybody that paid money that's a Broncos fan that was at that game, you, ladies and gentlemen, deserve better than what Patrick Sertan and his little daddy are putting out on the field. Who are you crapping? Jeez, we deserve better. Yeah, I got to tell you something. Boy, this is a negative show so far, is it? Yeah, so far. Uh, I got to tell you. The NFL is flag football. I didn't believe it until, well, I was watching the game the other night and the Cincinnati Bengals defensive players looked like Deion Sanders trying to tackle. Deion Sanders, great corner, but he didn't want to tackle nobody. He wasn't getting hurt for nothing. He wasn't putting his nose into anything. But anyway, I watched it with the sound on, and I'm, everybody's running out of bounds, little taps. Well, I got to tell you, Fred Warner is a tough dude. Fred Warner ripped the NFL because he's saying it's flag football, and it is. This is flag football. This is really flag. I mean, I know guys are tough, and I wouldn't go out there in a second, but for these guys, this is ridiculous. There's so many different rules now with unnecessary roughness and targeting and all this other stuff. They basically are trying to slowly turn. They are. Turn the game into flag football a little bit. They want to get all the physicality out of the game, even though that's what literally attracts people to watching the game is guys wearing pads and helmets and hitting each other. Boy, is he right. Man, is he right. Guys go out of bounds. It was nice yesterday. Uh, some running back on the Seattle Seahawks put his nose down and took an extra yard Walter Payton style. God, are you right. Watch how many times guys just drift out of bounds when they probably could get another five to seven yards. I don't understand it. Like, I would think that personal pride would come in at some point. Or you want stats. I want stats, baby. I'm going for the extra five yards. I, it's amazing. It really has become that. It's astounding to me. Every time I watch it, it really hit me when I didn't have the sound on the other day. I don't watch bas- I watch basketball games without the sound because the announcers in basketball are horrible, and they don't add anything to the game but annoy me. But damn, football, I like the sound. At college, I like to hear the bands. The announcers are okay in college, horrible in the NFL, but I digress. But I watch it without the sound, and nobody hits anybody. It is tag. It is. It really is. Yeah. Uh, Micah Parsons is becoming a guy because he's really quick. He's really good. And he seems like a good dude. Now, he's become a philosopher on Twitter and other places. He comments on all things. And apparently because, well, he completed a few years, maybe got his degree from Penn State and plays football and hits people. He's like a guru and we're all supposed to listen. Bill Belichick was asked if Michael Parsons is anywhere nearly as good as Lawrence Taylor. And he said this, I just, I just say that I wouldn't put anyone ahead of Lawrence Taylor, period. Maybe I'm prejudiced, but I saw that guy every day for over a decade. He tilted the field for a decade until someone does that. There's a lot of great players. That's right. Michael Parsons is like in his third year. Uh, his team has never won squat. Yeah, he's good, but look, he's another guy. He's got a voice. He's like Draymond Green of football without the crazy. He's got a voice, Micah Parsons. So what happens? Everybody wants to hear from him. And white media, again, here we are with the white media, scared to death of him 
because they know at any moment, if you criticize Micah Parsons, he can come back with that race stuff. Yeah, he can. You know he can, and you know he will. That's all the rage these days. So Micah Parsons gets a pass, and idiots in the media already comparing him to the all-time greatest linebacker ever. Yeah, good for us. That's what we do. All right, I don't understand it, but here we go. You ready? Guy placed $100,000 on Tua Tungavailoa to win the Super Bowl. And Tua Tungavailoa to win MVP. Well, right now, I got to tell you, he's on track to get both. He's going to win $1.6 million. I would love, I swear to God, I'm going to do that. When I'm on my deathbed, and if my wife isn't around, if she wises up and leaves, and I'm surrounded by a bunch of hookers blowing Viagra, I'm going to take $100,000 out of whatever account I can find, maybe take a loan, and bet a football game at $100,000 just to say I did, walk to the pearly gates, probably get rejected, don't want to. My goal in life, I believe there's a heaven, and I want to be there. So I probably won't do this. This is probably all talk. But I'm dying to bet even 5000 on a game. I'm dying to. But I have an addictive personality. All right, here you go. A better from Vegas placed a big bet on Arias. Uh, bet MGM Sportsbook. Better backed the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl at 13 to 1 with a $100,000 wager, a $60,000 wager on Tua plus 500. Two wagers, 160000 Paying out 10 to 1, basically. 1.6 million if they both hit. Hell, he just needs the Dolphins to hit and his toes are tapping. Hell, either one hits and your toes are tapping. But I'll tell you this, that's a pretty good bet. That's a really good bet right now. Good for that guy. See, he's got some action in his life. You guys that are young, you can find action other places. Guys my age, I got to go play $10 Nassau's with like three guys yesterday. I do. You got to have some action. You got to have some competitiveness. I'm dying to do it. There's going to be hookers and blow, and there's going to be uh, Viagra, everything going when I'm like 90. And I'm going to look at my DraftKings account. Hopefully, I got 100000 in some account retirement somewhere, and I'm telling you what, I'm taking a swing. And then we're going to, you know, I, I don't want to, and I'm sure I'm going to end up this way. I don't want to end up in a home in the middle of a cornfield in Crown Point, Indiana. Bunny Ranch, Vegas. I can't believe Dockett says these things. Well, I mean, look, I've always been about doing stuff. I've always been about enthusiasm and action. I'm not about sitting around. All right, the college football playoffs is starting to give me gas. I lift a cheek to you college football playoffs. I do. The committee is now leaning towards a 5-plus-7 format. Okay. All right. Wake me up when this crap is over. John Feinstein's a great writer, but he is a god-awful radio host. Maybe the worst. Because he talks about these things like they matter to you. You know what we want? Don't tell me how the sausage is made. Just make the damn sausage. That's it. 12 highest-ranked teams all go seated. A 5-plus-7 model, that is a 5-highest-ranked conference champion next set. Okay. Do it. Either one. Who cares? Don't care. You know what? The John Feinsteins of the world and Dennis Dodds and all these whiny-ass guys are going to bitch about it no matter what you do. I don't care what you do. Do anything. Doesn't matter. Serious business. It does not matter. Dude, get, get 12 teams. Seat them any way you want. What do we care? Look, 
NFL and college football is king, period, period. Nothing else matters, period. College basketball is going to start. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care about the NBA until, I don't know, I guess the finals when ESPN tells us it's the highest rated finals ever and Clay tells us that the ratings are in the tank. It's just the way the world works. It is. I'm sorry. It is. That's it. No one to hear about. No one to hear. Just give us 12 teams. All you, the Bill Hancocks of the world, the G, just give us 12 teams. That's it. Uh, the GOP debate last night was embarrassing for America. Not necessarily because the people standing up there uh, weren't qualified or weren't, but if that's America's best, then we're in trouble. I mean, the three hosts, that's, that Mexican lady or wherever the hell she was from, she no more needed to be there than the man on the moon. What do we, I understand, I understand. We've got to have a lesbian, African-American, a Hispanic. Uh, can anybody find an Asian person? And then, uh, okay, maybe the white person can be there too. I get it. I totally get it. But that lady from Univision or whatever, get her out of there. She, what is she talking about? CRT and all this crap to, just get her out. She added nothing. Couldn't understand. No, get her out. Get her out. If we have a debate for the Mexican, then do that. But she was awful. And the candidates were worse. I mean, how many times can you interrupt each other? Look, if I was one of those guys, I'd have said, hey, man, look, here's the deal. You guys are clowns. I'm more than, I'm going to go over here. You guys whine amongst yourself. What was Chris Christie talking about Donald Duck? What are we doing? The only guy with any sense is Ramaswamy and DeSantis. I mean, look, uh, I started watching. And you know what I did? I had to turn it off for a little bit, and then I could come back. The moderators are talking over each other. The guys are talking over each other. The girls are talking over each other. It was, I'm sitting there going, wait a second. Wait a second. I, what? I wouldn't vote for any of these guys except, except I must tell you. I I must tell you, Ramaswamy makes sense to me. I remember saying it way back. I remember saying way back, way back, that Donald Trump makes sense to me and he's going to win. Way, 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 way back. Way back. And now I don't know. Like, I have a hard time believing that Donald Trump's going to be out of jail. He's got 91 charges. I will tell you this. Doug Burgum. I didn't know Doug Burgum from Doug Plank. But when I first watched, he actually made some sense and was allowed to talk about the automaker strike. Then, of course, everybody's talking over each other, and Bergen had to get threatened by with turning his phone off. We're going to talk. We are. We're going to talk at 930 to our friend Jason Allen Hammer. It's hammer time. But that was embarrassing. Like, we have just the dumbest... I remember there was a debate. There was a debate between Dick Cheney and some dude from Connecticut that was a longtime congressman. And they sat at a table with a moderator, and they just spoke to each other. Is that my guy? He looks like uh, Abe Lincoln without the beard. But anyway, they're sitting there, and they're... Lieberman, Joe Lieberman. Joe Lieberman and Dick Cheney sat down at a table and did a vice presidential debate. 
and they talk like adult men. And whether you think Dick Cheney's the worst human being alive and you don't know who Joe Lieberman is, do yourself a favor if you're into this kind of thing. Watch that for 10 minutes. It was two adults having, it was like the Charlie Rose old show where he would sit across, maybe a guy or two's over there, or Larry King, and they would just talk. It wasn't yelling over each other. It wasn't idiot moderators trying to control the thing. It was dudes talking about what needed to get done, what their vision was, and where we go. Last night was ridiculous. And of course, Donald Duck, Jesus, did anybody have any feel whatsoever? Does Chris Christie not know? Does he not know that when you say stupid stuff like that, you're lowering yourself and you just sound stupid? I'm sure Chris Christie, I like Chris Christie. I talked to Chris Christie at a sandwich shop at Notre Dame. His daughter, very nice young lady, was a member of Mike Bray's managerial team. Great. I liked him. Christie was engaging. You could tell he was probably a good dude, but God dang, whoever came up with the Donald Duck. Well, anyway, so Joe Biden and and Donald Trump, they end up going to the United Auto Workers strike. Last night, Here's what Donald Trump had to say about Jolt and Joe sniffing Joe Biden. The only time Joe Biden has ever gotten his hands dirty is when he's taking cash from foreign countries, which is quite often, actually. It's quite often. Based on what we're seeing, it's much more often than anyone would have thought. But can you imagine an unannounced raid on his many homes? He would have made Senator Menendez look like a baby, just like a baby. Can you imagine? You know, they gave him three weeks' notice. You know, they said, we're going to raid your home over documents. They gave him three weeks. Would three weeks be enough? So I can imagine. I'd like to see what he cleaned out of there. Joe Biden only cares about enriching his own family. I care about enriching your family. That's why I did this. That's why I did that. That's pretty good. That's really good. How about, hey, Dan, we think you're doing some crap in your compound. We think there's some illegal stuff going on there. Tell you what, in three weeks, we're going to raid your home. So you got a choice. You can sit on your dumb, you know what, and let all the stuff sit, or you can throw it all in the lake. I don't know what you want to do, but we're going to raid your home in three weeks. Like Trump's a liar about stuff, but he doesn't lie about this kind of stuff. This kind of stuff turns out always to be true. Every, every little skinny jean dude with a beard says, well, Trump's a liar. Grab him by the... Yeah, okay. And then it all turns out to be true. Trump's awesome. Now, you may not like Trump, and I didn't vote for him. I'll vote for him. I am going to vote for him this time. I'll tell you point blank. There's no way we can keep going down this road. But I got to tell you, man, his speeches are fantastic because he's like all of us. He just says it, though. I'm the only dude in the media that actually says what most of you think. But the fact of the matter is Donald Trump says it. So I like him. And I liked what he said yesterday. All right, it's Hammer Time, host of the number one afternoon drive time news talk show, Hammer and Nigel. He's going to give you some picks. He's going to tell you about the debate. We're going to talk about the idiots looting that continued in Philadelphia. Look, I'm bringing in the National Guard. Hey, screw you. It, we're, at, we're at war in our cities. We are. And you can call it whatever is you want, but we are literally at war in our cities. These aren't protests. These are criminals. 
I'm if I'm the uh, if I'm the mayor or the uh, uh, bah, 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 or the governor of Pennsylvania, I'm bringing in the National Guard and I'm shooting. I'm not letting people destroy our cities. We work too hard for stuff. People just want to come in and break in. I'm standing right there with a gun. I'm sorry, but I'm not letting this happen. It's happened here in Indianapolis, and so many people lost their jobs. So many people lost their business. Suicides are up. Why? Because idiots decide that it's okay to go break in and destroy businesses. If I'm a governor or I'm a mayor, I ain't having it. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Jason Allen Hammer, half of the duo of Hammer and Nigel, which has been voted a couple years in a row, the best afternoon drive time show on radio news talk in the United States of America. And Hammer does everything. He will talk debates. We'll talk gambling. The Degenerate special last week's the only one he lost, and he lost it in overtime. I watched it. It was no good. But Hammer, last night I'm watching this debate, and I got to tell you, first things first. The Hispanic Channel lady, she needed to go. There was no reason other than DEI score that she was there. And then the folks on the stage kept interrupting each other. It was an unwatchable mess, in my opinion. Coach, I put this on our social media last night. That was like watching an NFL preseason game because the biggest star was not going to see the field. And halfway through it, everybody's looking at their watch. They're looking at the clock, seeing when this thing would be over. It was just like NFL preseason last night. And it was bad all the way around, from the candidates to the moderators to the production value. The audio was awful. The audio was atrocious. Just keep everybody potted up. The only reason we're watching this thing is we want to see them bicker back and forth a little bit. Right. We know none of these people are going to surpass Donald Trump in the Republican primary. We know this. So at least let us get a little entertainment value here. Keep their mics turned up. And the lighting, the lighting was so bad. Like Mike Pence is not going to be confused for a tan man anytime soon. That's not George Hamilton. But he was extra pasty last night. The lighting made Mike Pence look like he just saw a ghost or like a pair of boobies that weren't his wife's. He looked pasty white last night. And then you bring up the moderators. All you needed was Dana Perino. Now, she kind of crapped the bed late with that awful question about who would you vote off the island. Aside from that, Dana was pretty solid. She was the only one keeping any sort of order because Varney, Stuart Varney, don't call me Jim Varney, was scared to death to interrupt anybody. And the Univision chick, that might as well have been Donna Brazil. One, let's be honest, if we're having real conversations, it's tough to understand some of the things she was saying. And number two, asking Ron DeSantis that debunked, ridiculous question about academic standards in Florida and history lessons, the whole thing was a train wreck from the beginning until the end. Did anybody... Uh... What's the right way to put this? Did anybody cover themselves in glory last night? I guess the easy way is, did anybody win? No. Donald Trump won last night by not being there. 
Donald Trump won by speaking to the auto workers in Michigan. And I watched about an hour of that before that debate came on. And, you know, Trump did what he did. He didn't embarrass himself. He wasn't talking about the election of the previous cycle. Now, he was talking about how Joe Biden wants to get rid of all the, you know, folks working on American-made cars and replace them with, you know, new green policies, EV vehicle workers. That was the message that needed to be said to the Michigan auto workers. I wish he would have been a little bit more energetic. You know, it takes Donald Trump a long time to kind of get rolling to a good message. Because I think his audience last night in Michigan, these auto workers who are predominantly blue, it's been beat over their head with a tack hammer that you have to vote Democrat. I think there's some of these auto workers now that see, wait a minute, we're out of work. There's inflation out the backside. Everything costs more expensive. It's $700 more per month for goods and services than it was a year ago. And this guy that's in office right now keeps talking about electric vehicles. He wants to put me out of work. So I do think there is a chance some of those folks that he was speaking to last night are at least considering the idea of voting for him. But he's got to be energetic about it. He's got to be the one that says, I'm the art of the deal. I'm the deal maker around here. You might not like me, but you need me. If he can do that in a quick, because everybody's got short attention span, quick, positive way, I think he's got a shot. So that's what I saw from Donald Trump last night. And then the debate started. And from the beginning until the end, it was just a train wreck. The audio, the lighting, the moderators, Ronald McDaniel, RNC chair, should be absolutely ashamed of what happened last night. You know, um, one of the things as I watch people, um, I go, all right, uh, no, okay, maybe, okay, no. And Hammer, there wasn't anybody on that stage that I felt like I would even consider voting for. And then the level of stupid, like Donald Duck, we're going to play Survivor. I've been sleeping with a teacher for 38 years. I, I just feel these people are all dorks. You and I need to get involved in candidates <laughs> and teach them how to be cool. Because it's, it's like dorks in front of the screen and dumbass dorks behind it. The only guy that makes any sense to me is Ramaswamy, but I don't know. Maybe he's trying to be VP. I don't know. Yeah, Ramaswamy took some shots last night because he's Mr. Anti-China and China's bad, but he doesn't want to give up his TikTok feed, and he loves TikTok. Can't get enough of TikTok. Chinese-owned TikTok, which is taking all your information. Nikki Haley called him on it, and the next thing you know, we're playing the feud. She says everybody gets dumber when they listen to Ramaswamy. Things got personal. And that was pretty much the highlight of last night. You're right. It was amateur hour. Like, if you go to a high school production, you know, a high school talent show, and kids are trying to do stand-up, that's what it was like. The awful Pence jokes, Chris Christie trying to be a tough guy. It was so cringeworthy. And we see this at a national level, Coach, and you see it locally. Like everybody that's watching your show right now probably sees the same thing in their communities as well. We have an abundance of political consultants coming out of college every year. All these political science majors, all these political consultants, how many of them are any good? Because every time I watch a commercial, every time I see a debate, I see a bunch of candidates 
that have not been coached up, that are not saying the right things, that have the wrong messaging. And whoever told Mike Pence, all right, our goal tonight is for you to be wacky. It needs to be taken out back and beaten with a stick. Uh, I'll give you a couple other things. Nikki Haley. I thought Nikki Haley was pretty good in the first debate. When she said that about uh, Ramaswamy, I couldn't decide if I liked it or I thought, oh, shut up. Um, Nikki Haley, <laughs> I think the world is ready for a female president. I do. But I know Kamala Harris ain't it. I don't think Nikki Haley is it. Where's Christy Nome? Is she still stooping that, or allegedly with that Lewandowski guy? Is that crush her national platform? Where's Christy Nome? I saw her ads doing the thing. Get her involved in this. There's chattel, chatter, there's rumor, there's scuttlebutt that uh, she is on the short list of VP nominees for Donald Trump. So through the grapevine, we've heard that Christy Nome is a possibility for Donald Trump to be a running mate. If Tim Scott's candidacy falls apart, uh, Tim Scott could be a possibility for Donald Trump to be a running mate. And kind of the long shot here, if you're looking for some value on a long shot, if we're doing sports betting on running mate picks here, keep an eye on Kerry Lake out of Arizona. I'm not huge on Kerry Lake, but I think the other two folks certainly would help Donald Trump. But as you know, Coach, it doesn't matter. Nobody is going to vote in this presidential election because of who your running mate is. It's never been the case. It's not going to be the case now. The only way that this would be a factor is if Joe Biden stays on the ticket, which I'm not sure is going to happen, but for argument's sake, let's play along here. Let's say Joe Biden stays on the Democrat ticket. He's the nominee. You know damn well he is not finishing out a second term if he wins. So whoever his running mate is, that's who your vote is for the presidency. And if it's Kamala Harris, as Joe Biden once said, get ready, Val, because her approval ratings or lower than his. Keep in mind, during the Democrat primary last time around, she was one of the first ones out. Democrat voters, not people like me, her own voters looked at people like Amy Klobuchar and said, you're more likable than Kamala Harris. Let that sink in for just a moment. Yeah, that, that I, look, uh, vote for uh, what's-his-face. Biden is absolutely a vote for Harris, and we cannot have this. Let's get into the important things. Uh, no, 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 I want to get into this. I have said this, and I'll take all the hell that comes with it. Uh, I've seen what's happened to our city here in Indianapolis when we let criminals come in here and do whatever they want, burn and rob and do all the stuff. I'm seeing it in different cities. If I'm the governor, I'm the mayor, I'm bringing in the National Guard, and I got to tell you, we're not letting this happen. This isn't about uh, looters. This is about people who have worked their whole lives, employees, suicide rates are up, people have lost jobs, people have lost businesses because criminals don't think they have any accountability. I got to bring in the National Guard, the Army, something. I'm stopping this crap. I'm not letting this happen if I'm a mayor of a big city. The thing is, though, Coach, you want that behavior to stop. The folks that are the mayors, the folks that are the prosecutors, they don't want it to stop because power is a powerful thing. Take my city, our city of Indianapolis. Democrat prosecutor, very woke, very progressive, Democrat mayor who went missing during the riots, but very few people seem to care about that. They want this to happen. They embrace it. Why? Because if you get tough on crime, 
somehow in today's society, that's been branded as racist because facts are what they are. A lot of crime is committed by members of the black community. Black on black crime is a major problem in American cities. And that's not, you know, some racist statement. Those are facts. Those are real facts. And when you're a prosecutor and when you're a mayor and you come out and say, I want to be tough on crime, you've got folks in the inner cities that feel like that's an attack on the black community. It sucks that it's got that way. But this is what you see in Philadelphia and Chicago and Los Angeles and now Indianapolis. Power is a powerful thing. These career politicians, and that's what we see here. Joe Hawksett's never had a real job in his life since, you know, probably the late 1970s. And the prosecutor who wants to be the mayor next time around, they want to stay in power. They don't want to upset the black community. They don't want to upset the people that could possibly keep them at the top of the totem pole. So that's what it's about. People like us who want law and order, you know, we apparently are the minority around here. And that's a problem. We need leaders. Uh, Bill Maher said it. Bill Maher was talking to Joe Rogan, and he said we need leaders in the African-American community. We do. I mean, it, this You're should right. not be and, tolerated. It, and ahead. if you speak to folks in those communities, they want the right. same things. Like Twitter yes. and social media and Facebook, it's not real life, right? You see the loudest, most over-the-top lunatics on social media and for whatever reason, they get clicks, they get likes, they get retweets. Everybody feels like that's the case. Like if you talk to my friend, Reverend Charles Harrison, he's a pastor in Indianapolis of a black church. He leads this group called the 10 Point Coalition, where they walk the neighborhoods of these troubled areas at night, just trying to keep the peace. You know, he's got a group of what he calls OGs, guys that have, you know, gotten into a little bit of trouble back in the day. But now they fix themselves and they're trying to help young members of the urban community not make the same mistakes. These are the people we need more in the community. Instead, we get elected officials like Ryan Mears, who keeps letting the same people out on jail and just giving them an ankle monitor. All the ankle monitor does is let us know where they are the next time they're committing the next crime. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 want, I asked Ryan Mears on Twitter, like, how many ankle monitors do you have? Like, at some point, you got to run out because every, every day there's murders and everybody is uh, robberies, rape, and everybody just seems to get an ankle uh, monitor. Right. No, you're right, but I, 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 I just I, I couldn't imagine sitting there as Joe Hogsett or the mayor of Philadelphia and doing anything but saying, hey, I got to stop this. And I got to tell you, if I'm Apple, I'm getting the hell out of Philly. I'm getting the hell out of all. People will buy Apple. We don't need these things in downtowns anymore. Get the hell out. If you can't control your downtown, screw you is how I look at it. I don't know if I'm right, but God dang, Indianapolis, you know, peaceful protests, my ass. Criminals came downtown Indy, you know, period. That's it. And you know what? They destroyed it, and it hasn't recovered. And that's the biggest problem. It has not recovered. And this isn't just on Democrat leadership. If you have a wishy-washy Republican, this is the same thing. Oh. The governor of Indiana is Eric Holcomb. And when rioters were marching up the street ready to storm his mansion on the north side of Indianapolis, he called that noble. He actually met with the leader of that group. 
They had a one-on-one -on -one meeting at the governor's mansion where they discussed justice reform. That leader of that group was a guy by the name of Malik Muhammad. If you look him up now, he's in jail out on the West Coast for attempted murder of a police officer. He got a one-on-one -on -one meeting with the governor. Meanwhile, people who just wanted to open their businesses during COVID were called a Petri dish. The Republican mayor candidate in Indianapolis going against the guy that went missing for the riots might as well have a deed next to his name, too. He blames law-abiding citizens for the problems in Indy. If you own a firearm legally and you've never been arrested, you're part of the problem because a state and a city with constitutional carry is apparently the wild, wild west. It's not the fact that it's a revolving door of the criminal justice system. It's us evil, law-abiding citizens who've never been arrested. See, wishy-washy Republicans may be worse than super woke progressive leftists, because at least with the leftists, you know what you're getting. Yeah. No, I agree with you. You're, you're exactly right. And, you know, white guys are so afraid. We're so afraid back then. It's noble to burn down our city. Yeah? The hell it is. I guess I did it too. I don't know. But, you know, back when you had those riots, every white dude in America was afraid to say anything, right? Because you're going to get, you're a racist, you're a misogynist. Well, that's cleared. And now I think we can say those riots, certainly in Indianapolis, were done by criminals that should be prosecuted. And the prosecutor and the mayor and the governor suck for allowing them to have it. That's my take Look on it. Look at the stupidity uh, on parade, coach. Look at the stupidity on parade. Like, we've all seen those videos of the looting taking place in Philadelphia. There's this one big, fat woman that's chanting, people yeah. must eat, people must eat. It's a liquor store being looted out. Yeah. Last time I checked, that yeah. wasn't a Kroger, and people weren't taking cereal home to their kids. And in Chicago, with these smash and grabs, they're calling it reparations. That's the way they talk themselves into being criminals. Well, this is just reparations. It's gross. It's ridiculous. Yeah, old Meatball's fat ass was crying in her mugshot, the woman that said, we got to eat. Yeah, that much food at the Apple store. Uh, you know what? I don't <laughs> see people robbing the boot, you know, the hardware store, getting work boots, uh, you know, and uh, welding equipment. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe... Maybe there is food at the uh, Apple store. We got to eat. That's what that idiot AOC said, too. They just want to put bread on the table. Yeah, okay. You got any good bets for us this weekend? I liked you last week. You were strong. So a couple plays here. Number one, let's keep a degenerate special going here. Got our hearts broken last week in overtime. I'm looking at oh. Coastal Carolina and Georgia Southern. Uh, the over-under is sitting at this one. Last time I checked at 64. That feels a little high to me because Georgia Southern loves to run the ball. Coastal Carolina, their defense isn't awful, uh, but their offense is a little hit and miss. So all of these factors put together, running clock in college football, uh, it doesn't stop on first downs anymore, running team, can't score. This feels like an under to me. I hate being the under better, but 64, just like the rent, feels too damn high. So we're going to go under we're dropping this bad boy low with Georgia Southern and Coastal Carolina. Now, if I'm looking for some points, if I want to pick up some points, how about Syracuse getting a touchdown at home against Clemson? Clemson coming off just a back-breaking loss, just a devastating loss where they grabbed defeat from the jaws of victory. 
man, that's a loss that might stick with you for a while. Their special teams stink. Uh, their offense is hit and miss. Defensively, they're not bad. But Syracuse at home, I know that crowd's going to be into it. It's a much bigger game, I think, for Syracuse than it is Clemson in terms of the way the programs are looking at this. I'm getting a touchdown at home. Syracuse is a pretty good second-half team. I will take that touchdown, Coach. And last one I got for you, a little late-night action, Fresno and Nevada. And I can't stress this enough. Nevada stinks. Nevada is awful. And Fresno can put some points up. We saw them week one put a big number up at West Lafayette on a Big Ten team against Purdue. It's a big number. Fresno's laying 24 and a half, but, man, I think I'm going to pick that up. I'm going to lay that big number. Give me Fresno because Nevada stinks. The degenerate special, ladies and gentlemen, Georgia Southern, Coastal Carolina, under 64. Q's getting seven at home. It is going to be a good crowd. Lee's still tied in there. She said people are really fired up. And Fresno, minus 25 and a half. You and I just solved a ton of world problems, my friend. Have a great show this afternoon. Thanks, Hammer Time. Appreciate it, brother. You got it. That's Jason Allen Hammer, half of the terrific duo, Hammer and Nigel, 93.1. It's WIBC.com. You can listen to them. Number one afternoon news talk show in the country. They keep it real, they keep it entertaining, and they keep it fun. And Hammer Time is a Cubs fan. We didn't solve all the Cubs problem, except you better find a damn bullpen. If you can't find a bullpen, we ain't going to the playoffs. We got to find a bullpen, and it may be too late to get a damn bullpen. And it's driving me crazy. Uh, it's absolutely driving me crazy, driving me nuts. We ain't got a bullpen. We ain't got no bullpen. Hey, by the way, Indianapolis is a mess. Now, a couple of years ago, you couldn't say all this, right? You, were, you could, but let's be honest here. The African-American community, according to Bill Maher and others, absolutely needs leadership. Why are we allowing criminals in our communities? I hear all the time about uh, African-American community and pride and respect, blah, blah. Okay, well, let's go. Let's figure it out. I mean, I've seen the videos. I don't see many MAGA people in there uh, doing the robbing. I didn't see many MAGA hats doing all the uh, uh, looting. I didn't see many MAGA folks. I didn't see white dudes who are apparently the scourge of the country in there doing the looting. I mean, maybe I missed it. I didn't see very many. So, hey, we got these. Where's Andre Carson in Indiana? Where's our black leadership? We need leaders in this world. We need leaders in the prosecutor's office, the governor's office. We don't need followers. We don't need people that acquiesce to social media. That deal is over. You had its run. It's great. If you said Governor Holcomb met with the guy who actually set the riots that murdered people, Chris Beatty, dead. Not because of the riots, because he was trying to help somebody in the offshoot of the riot. Mr. Indiana, African-American football player in Indiana, killed. And this guy, Governor Holcomb, meets with the guy who set the riots up and called them noble. That's the world that we're living in, people. And I don't give a damn. If you want to support it, you go ahead and support it. If you want to call me names, you go ahead and call me names. But the fact of the matter is, it's Bolshevik, and it shouldn't be tolerated in the African-American community. It just shouldn't be. Well, say whatever you want. White dude, white dude tries to help. Hey, he's racist. He doesn't understand. Okay, fine. Got to get a community going. Let's go. Kenley Jansen blasts Red Sox trade deadline inactivity. He's not happy. I don't care about Kenley Jackson. Jensen, who gives a rat's ass? This is what Kenley Jansen and the rest of the Red Sox need to do. It's a quote by Brooks Kepka. 
Brooks Kepka is saying this. He is saying to guys upset like DeShambo, like Dustin Johnson, hey, you're not in the Ryder Cup. You got snubbed in your own mind. I got two words for you. Play better. Play better. Play better. That's always the answer. I don't make the decision. Everyone has an opportunity. Play better. That's it. Play better. I'm playing golf with a noted philosopher, bar owner, bartender, Bob Hebenstreet, a.k.a. Hebe. God rest his soul. One of my favorite dudes. Hebe is saying, hey, look. We're on to the next thing, fellas. Kinley Jansen ain't worth talking about. Uh, we're on to the next thing. So, I'm at nine. I'm getting my brains beat out. I'm like, hey, I, let's adjust. Let's get a few more strokes. Hebe looks at me. It looks like Wilford Brindley. And he says, hey, play better. Play better. I'm like, you know what? You're right. And that's exactly, exactly what Brooks Kepka. Set. Now, Roy McElroy, who is the linchpin for the European team, he's the Gazda, he's the one doing all the talking. Roy McElroy said, Hey, look, it's strange not having guys like Graham McDowell there who we love. It's going to be strange not seeing Mickelson. It's strange. It hits home this live thing. But this week of all weeks, it's ironic. It's ironic. Live Ryder Cup players, not at the tournament. Well, look, here's the deal. I, I don't care what you do, but just do this. Both Americans and European players. Don't act like little snotty, rich frat boys. I hated little, rich, snotty frat boys. I did. I do. I don't. I, I, stop. Don't act like that. Act like adult men with a penis. That's who you act like. Don't be rich, little snotty white boys. And I'm not sure how you do it. You got to have some cools to you. You got to be a CWB, a cool white boy. My nickname, by the way, growing up, that and rip. I digress. Be a damn CWB. But don't be little rich white guy. And the way not to be little rich white guy is to complain about crap. Complain about crap that we don't care about. Well, I didn't like the green. Well, the setup in the rough is too tight. I, I don't like any of it. No, shut up. Seriously. I don't want to hear any of it. Nobody wants to hear any of it. Nobody. Don't be a little rich white dude. Nobody wants to hear from you. Nobody. Nobody, nobody, nobody. That's all I'm telling you. That's it. Uh, Kelly School of Business is at Indiana. This guy's got an MBA from it. Nine-year NFL vet, Clay Harbor. How about that? That's right. Clay Harbor is going to talk a little NFL with me. He was also on The Bachelorette, and he was playing football, and he got hurt. Clay Harbor's a bad man. Yeah. Very, very, very wide range from NFL to the bachelorette god bless him we'll talk to clay harbor former eagle next looking for the hottest sportsbook offers at outkick find exclusive promotions expert picks and the latest odds get in the game at outkick.com bet that's it i gotta take a break we'll be right back with more on don't at me across the outkick network
You know, when you are a basketball player and you don't have any Division I scholarships and you're going to your brother's playing linebacker at Missouri State, and he tells you to come on down to Springfield and walk on, and then you become a nine-year NFL vet. That's a hell of a story. That, no, seriously, that is one hell of a story, and it gets even better. Clay Harbor, nice enough to join us. He did that. That's a hell of a story, man. That's pretty good. Congratulations. Thanks for coming on. No, appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, apparently I need to work on my crossover a little bit more back in uh you know back in my day but it all worked out i don't think i would have made the nba anyhow so uh, i was better better to look to go for football if you if you're not a six six and six seven you try to make the nba it ain't gonna happen anymore you gotta be big you gotta be tall you gotta be fast a little bit easier to make the nfl i'd say yeah, but that's the same thing to be an nfl tight end that you were i mean you gotta be a freak athlete come on yeah, you can check the combine numbers. Uh, I had a 40-inch vertical, the the fourth all-time in tight end history. I had 30 reps of bench press. That's top five in, in tight end history at uh, the combine. And then 10-5 um, broad jump, 4-5 40-yard dash. So I was a guy that could test a little bit. I, uh, you know, coming yeah. out of southwest Missouri State to Missouri State, you, you need to be able to do all that. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. Alford, the basketball coach there, was a college teammate of mine, and I, I learned all about Southwest Missouri State. All right, but I got to ask you, I had a former player that was down to, like, the final five contestants of The Bachelorette, and he disliked the girl so much that he told them, he said, look, you got to get me off this show because I'm going to embarrass her. I've had enough of her. So they got him off the show. You were on The Bachelorette, which, by the way, is, is must-viewing for my family. And you got injured, so you had to leave the show. I mean, that really tells me you didn't really like the girl. Like, a guy like you isn't getting that injured. Come on. You're not getting that injured that you got to leave a show. You didn't like Becca. Who is your ex-player, first and foremost? I'm curious now. His, uh, he became a star. His name is Graham Bunn. He became a, uh, he was on all that Bachelor in Paradise. This is a girl named Dina Pappas probably 10 years ago. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah. he's like, yeah, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't having that action. So, uh, yeah, he, he took a hike. And so don't try to change the conversation. Let's break some news here. You had had enough of football players play. They cut their fingers off to play. You got a little dinged up in a football game with a bunch of other guys and you said, screw it, I'm out. No, honestly, it wasn't. I, I had actually been uh, been injured the year previous on the New Orleans Saints. I, I broke my wrist oh. and break. I tore some ligaments in my wrist and fractured my sesamoid blade and my, my toe in the same game. And I was on IR all year. <laughs> been cleared, but my wrist never felt the same. And I'm like, yo, I'm going to make this opportunity going to you know, a dating show. I go, what are the odds that I get hurt on a dating show? I think it's just next thing you know, they have us playing in a football game. Okay, my wrist should be fine. You know, most of the game, I'm just chilling, throwing passes, playing quarterback. At the end of the game, I'm like, ah, oh, let me go win this thing. You know, playing against the, a male model and a <laughs> dictionary salesman and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, a guy that drives a UPS truck. You know, all these guys from the bachelor. So I go, and the first time I use a stiff arm it, with, my, with my left wrist, the, the hand that was injured, the thing just pops on me. It was never fixed correctly, and I actually had to go get it Aww. fixed. So 
it was something that really happened and really required me to get surgery on it. So that was unfortunate, man. So I did actually like All her, right. surprisingly. But, you know, I had to go get the, the, the wrist fixed so I could attempt to still continue to play, which I ended up having a workout with the Buffalo Bills. Fast forward, I got healthy, finally got my wrist back in shape. But midway through the workout, I ended up tearing my groin. Um, Brian Dable's on the field. Uh Sean McDermott, you know, everybody's, I'm the only guy working out. If, if you're healthy and in shape, we're going to sign you into pull, tearing my groin in the middle of the workout. And that's pretty much how my career ended. Oh, man. I mean, that's what I love. Football players in the military. Yeah, I just tore my groin. Yeah. Yeah, my career <laughs> ended. Yeah, I just tore a pec. Yeah, I just broke my knee. Yeah, shit, I just had 17 surgeries. All right, let's get to the NFL. Here's the deal. I try to tell people this from playing and coaching. You learn that there is a fine line between winning and losing, and oftentimes that fine line involves, frankly, an injury. You know, we've seen what happened with uh, the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Jonathan Taylor sitting out. All right, that's a little bit different deal. But keeping guys healthy in the NFL, walk me through this. How do you do it and the fine line between winning and losing? No, you're right. Injuries play one of the biggest parts. And sometimes it's not who the best team is. Sometimes it's who's who's the deepest team. Because, you know, if you got a if you got a all pro player, say it's your middle linebacker, or your left tackle, but you got uh, you know a bum backing him up or something, the guy that you know everybody knows this guy can't play. Odds are, at some point in the season, you're going to have this guy in the game in the lineup if you know if your guy don't stay healthy. So it's very important to have a deep roster, have players that that everybody believes in and depends on because that does have a impact on the rest of your team. But they know, dang, this guy's playing this week. It's going to be a tough one. So that's a huge issue. And and then it just comes down to you know guys taking care of their bodies, man. It's you know sometimes it's a it's an accidental thing where it's just something you can't avoid, but sometimes, you know, maybe it's a guy that just doesn't take as much care of his body as he should. So there's a fine line there between, you know, was this guy, you know, something unavoidable or is this something maybe this guy, if he's in the training room, if he's in the weight room, if he's getting massages, if he's doing everything right, soft tissue stuff, could he avoid it? Or is it maybe a, you know, full contact injury that you know, a lot of times you can't avoid you know, maybe some ligament stuff, like who knows? So there's a fine line there between injuries. If I knew how to prevent them, I'd be a very, very, very wealthy man. And uh, I probably wouldn't be on with you guys right now either. I'd probably be on an island or a boat somewhere in the Caribbean. But, uh, you know, it's interesting, man. And I think that is a big line between you know winning and losing. And then obviously game plan, coaching is huge. You know, who, what, what plays are going to get the plays, right plays called. And then you got to be a teacher as a coach. If you can teach these guys – how to be successful, how you want them to run your system. I think that's important as well. You know, one of the things, um, to your point, it goes quick, man. I mean, what's going on in your opinion? I, I know you're not there, but you've been in a billion NFL locker rooms. What's going on with the Jets in their locker room, do you think? I mean, you know, there's rumors that the defense is mad that they're staying with Zach Wilson. I'm the coach. I go, I, I don't know who the hell am I going to play. I don't, you know, what do you want me to do here? Uh, what, what, what would that be like inside of a locker room with seeming dysfunction? I love Robert Sala. He was a linebacker coach when I was in Jacksonville playing with the Jags. He used to love me as a player because I was one of those guys that was kind of a, you know, quote unquote, a dick. 
you know, I would block until the whistle blew. Yeah. I would, you know, fight. He goes, I love the way you play. So Salah and me always got along. But right here, I think he's just he's just wrong, man. And I know I don't know if it's him or the GM, but you got to get somebody else in there. You, you went through this last year, and the guys are just they're just getting sick of it. Hey, we we have a team that can win games, and we're just seeing it week in and week out that our quarterback is a guy that just you, you can't win with. And if he's a game manager, I like how they signed Trevor Simeon. I think Trevor Simeon's an underrated signing. Obviously, he's not a wow signing, but he's a guy that will go out there and have at least an 85 rating and not throw three picks in a game and just take sacks. And, you know, I think Zach Wilson has had his chance. They're comfortable with him. Because he knows the system. You don't have to coach him up right now. Try to get him to understand everything. Completely go teach him the system on the fly. So they can the full playbook's open. Only problem is he doesn't know how to execute it. If you bring a veteran in, I don't care how much football they've played, it's going to take some time for him to get to know the system. And you don't know how he's going to be able to play it. So Nate Hackett. Maybe you bring in a guy from his past. You look and see, okay, what quarterbacks have you coached that are available? Maybe we can trade for a guy. Maybe there's a guy that knows our system that we can bring in. That is one way I I think the Jets, probably the only way the Jets could get somebody in here to play better and fast. Well, let me ask you then, because how long will it take a guy like Seaman to come in and play? You know, he's a veteran. He's been in the league. You like the signing. Uh, are you saying they're signing him, in your opinion, to eventually take over? I think so. I mean, you're going to teach this guy, Trevor Simeon. He's a Northwestern grad. I know Northwestern's been in the news. Uh, you know, I hope he wasn't involved in any of that, uh, you know, that shower stuff we got going on over there. But uh, <laughs> I think he is a good signing. He's a smart guy. He's actually a very good buddy of mine. Uh, we used to throw in the offseason. He's from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. I'm in Chicago right now. We'd go and train at the same facilities. And the guy's just a smart, dependable. He's not a big personality. He's not going to do anything crazy in the locker room, but he's going to get his job done. He's going to study. He's just what we like to call a pro. The guy's a pro. He knows what to do. He knows the reads to make. He's he's pretty slow. I mean, it looks sometimes like, Trevor, bro, you're running in wet cement today. He's like, hey, man, it, it, that doesn't matter. I got pocket presence, you know. So he's a guy that does have pocket presence. He's not fleet of foot. But he can get the job done. And with this Jets team, you don't need to do that much. You've got a good running game. you got a great defense. I mean, before, you know, they've had a couple of struggles uh, last couple of weeks. But you can't deny this defense is a great defense. You've got a good running game. You've got weapons on the outside. Garrett Wilson, obviously. So now you just need a quarterback that's not going to lose you the game, that can just get the ball to these weapons. I think once Simeon digests the offense, he can do that. And then Nate Hackett, he's got to go down his Rolodex and see if, you know, maybe a guy from his system that he used to coach is available. I got a guy for you. How about the boat, Blake Bortles? Back when I was uh, Nate Hackett was my quarterback coach in, um, in Jacksonville, we had Chad Henney and Blake Bortles. Both those guys could play a little bit of ball. I, I mean, obviously, these are guys that retire, and that's that's. I'm just randomly throwing out names here. They're yeah, not, yeah. I don't know if they're here, but those are guys, from my experience with Nate, that do know his system and can play. Yeah, with Simeon saying, I'm slow, but I got pocket presence, I just thought of this. When everybody t- anybody tells me, you know, you're a freaking bald guy, I say, yeah, I'm bald, but I got a great head shape. 
You know what I mean? So there you go. You got to come up with, <laughs> you got to come up. Hey, tonight we got a pretty good one. I'm all in on Jordan Love. I don't know why. And I like Matt Goff too. I, I kind of like both of these teams. And I'm a Bears fan. I grew up in Gary, Indiana. I grew up in the Bears in 85. They're my team. But I kind of like both of these quarterbacks. The North remembers. You know, so this is going to be a battle for the future of the North, man. You know, you saw Game of Thrones, the battle of the North. They're taking on the White Walk. This, this is just like that battle. This will decide who holds the North. And I think for years to come. Because the Vikings, they're not heading the right direction. Unfortunately, I'm a big Bears guy, but my Bears just look horrendous. They look terrible. Oh. You know, Justin Fields looks like he is not the guy. We're back to square one. Everybody in Chicago is talking about the draft again. It's just a complete disaster. Nobody's – this defense has to be – they've given up 25 points the last 13 games in a row with a defensive head coach. So let's not get started on the Bears. But like you said, the game tonight, I'll be glued to the TV. You know, my Bears aren't one of the North, but I'm still curious – Who's going to? And and I, you know, I like the Lions. I think Dan Campbell was an old tight end coach of mine. Love Dan Campbell. Sam Laporta was my tight end one coming out. You can, I'll go back and I'll pull up the receipts because I know you don't believe me. But he was my tight end one coming into the draft, and he's playing well. He's leading all tight ends in receiving yards. You know, I have an affinity for tight ends. And then, you know, the rest of the Amon Ross St. Brown. With a name like that, you better be good. And this guy is good. He's quick. He can catch the ball. Aiden Hutchinson, couple sacks last week. The defensive backfield's revamped. Cam Sutton can guard number one receivers. C.J. Johnson. I'm Jack Campbell's playing solid. So I think this team, Brian Branch, that guy's showing as a rookie. He's, he's got more tackles than any other safety in the league. He's playing. People are making fun of this draft. It looks like one of the best drafts in the league now after it happened. So – Overall, I love the Lions, but I'm with you. I think the Packers uh, win this week because Taylor Decker's out, the left tackle, uh, in in Green Bay last year or last week, four sacks. They can get pressure. I think their pressure, their defensive line is underrated. So you're going to see some pressure coming from Green Bay. Jair Alexander, I don't know if he plays, but if he does, I think he's one of the few guys that can actually stick with Amon Ross St. Brown. So you look at these matchups. I think he can stick with Amon Ross St. Brown and then offensive side of the ball. They got some really good young receivers. Christian Watson is looking like he might be back. I really like Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, and then their big tight end, Luke Musgraves, with Jordan Love in that run game. I don't know if Aaron Jones is playing, but overall I think there's a ton of weapons on this Green Bay team, and I think they, they get the win tonight. Yeah, I, look, am I wrong liking Jordan Love? I mean, I think it's a little early to, to crown this guy like the next because, I mean, he's had some big wins, some 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 good games, but his completion percentage is still in the low mid-50s and his rating's not terribly great. And I mean, I think he's still got some improving to do, but for his first time being on the field, and I know it's his, what, his fourth year now and he's been able to sit behind Aaron Rodgers and get tutored by him and see how – you know, do things right. And I hope he's not doing the, the darkness retreats, but you know, everything else at least in the, the, the ayahuasca stuff. I don't know what, what this guy's doing, but everything else he's learning from Aaron Rodgers. So he's been impressive for his first run at this thing so far, but I think I still want to see more before I say he's a superstar. But what I do know is this guy isn't going to lose you games. So he's doing more than, Another quarterback in my hometown is, unfortunately, and I know he doesn't got the most help and best offensive line, but 
know, Jordan Love does seem to be at least a quarterback that you can win games with. Yeah, well, Eberflus was here in Indy. Eberflus's defense stunk here in Indy. Eberflus never made the playoffs here in Indy. And somehow, some way, Eberflus gets my childhood team's job, the Chicago Bears. I went on Waddle and Sylvie and said, you guys are getting crap. You're getting a fraud. You're getting a PR guy. That's what they are. And I hate – and he, Eberflus, listen to this, Clay, grew up with my wife. And they grew up together. Their families are close. I wanted to like Eberflus. And then as I watched him, I'm like, yeah, kiss my ass. I mean, you're a defensive head coach, and you give up 25 points for 13 straight games. <laughs> right. I mean, this defense is awful. It's the most bland 4-3, cover 2, Tampa 2. As a player, you see that going in. I'm like, we don't even have to think about anything. The only way that defense works is if, like the, old, the Bears of old, if you have Brian Urlacher, if you have Boom. Lance Briggs, Julius Peppers, Tommy Harris – you know, Charles Tillman, Mike Brown, you got to have some straight dogs for that defense to work. And if it doesn't, it's it's going to what, what, what's happening right now is going to happen. You're just going to give up 25 points every single game. Yeah, it makes me nuts. Hey, I hope you'll come back. This was fun, Clay. Thanks. Appreciate you. Come back. No, appreciate, yeah, appreciate you. Besides all the uh, talking, all that trash about the bachelorette, man. <laughs> hey, I'm a fan. We get watching it, man. My, when my daughters and stepdaughters are home, we can't wait. We're like, let's go. But Dina Pappas made my player nuts, man. He had enough. Thanks, Cl- oh, thanks Clay. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> thank Appreciate you. Thank you, you. That's true. Yeah, that was fun with Clay Harbor, nine-year NFL vet, man. These guys, when they talk, I listen. I don't listen to everybody, but I listen to smart dudes. All right, speaking of smart dudes, I love this. So, Deion Sanders is all the rage, and Deion Sanders speaks like I like to speak. Deion Sanders was killing a kid named Gorman McLean, a five-star recruit that can't get on the field. Sanders was asked about it. Here's what Deion had to say. Coach Sean Keeler at the Denver Post, you mentioned last week that Cormani seeing the field was up to Cormani. Uh, I wonder if you could elaborate on what you want to see him do, one, and two, did he help his case? Study, late, prepare. Late, late against Study, Gordon. prepare, be on time for meetings, show up to the darn meetings. Understand what we're doing as a scheme. Want to play this game, desire to play this game, desire to be the best in this game at practice, in the film room, uh, and on your own free time. You do know that I check film time for each player. There you go, man. I mean, that's simple. Show up. Dude doesn't want to show up. Now, I got to ask you a question. Everybody wants to make this out like this is a full-time job. Ah, geez, there's a dog on TV. I didn't turn the TV off. But everybody wants to make this out like this is a full-time job. It's a job. We're being paid. And this dude don't want to show up. This guy doesn't want to be on time. This guy doesn't want to prepare. This guy doesn't want to watch film. This guy doesn't want to do nothing. Coaches pay attention to everything. Absolutely everything. Like, I used to know at Indiana if our team was going to be any good, if and how guys got together during the conditioning program. Were they playing after or were they making excuses? 
Like everybody gets on Knight's ass about grabbing Neil Reed. Grabbing Neil Reed should have happened when he was a kid by his dad. But anyway, long story short, coaches pay attention to everything. If we had an off day, I wanted to know who was in the gym and who wasn't. I didn't punish them because you couldn't. I want to know who was shooting free throws after a game. I want to know every single thing. Was anybody extra doing any extra in the weight room? I want to know everything. And if I ever go back to coaching, which I don't think I am, I got to tell you. I got to tell you. I'm watching and charting film time. He's right. There's a 20-hour rule. Yeah, get the hell out of here. I wouldn't worry about a 20-hour rule today, tomorrow, the next day. Guys are getting paid billions of dollars to play. Screw your 20-hour rule. Get your ass in the film. Good for Deion Sanders. See, now, I don't know Deion Sanders' operation. I don't know if this is all smoke and mirrors. I don't know. But what I do know is they seem to play pretty hard, and he certainly says the right things. That's why I went to Indiana. Got to be accountable. My high school basketball coach didn't do that. Hey, go run sprint. We were still damn good, but now that I got older, I'm like, damn, maybe if he did, we'd have won two state championships. I don't know. Dana White is reacting to a fighter bringing a Bible into the octagon. Uh, you know how I am is what is being said. I love the you know how I am. Let's hear from Dana White. Uh, I wanted your reaction to Bryce Mitchell bringing his Bible into the cage and saying freedom. Like, what, what, what was your reaction when you saw that? I got no reaction. You, you know how I am here. Whatever you're into, man, there, there's no muzzles here. There's no, you know, whoever you are, whatever you believe, whatever you think, we've heard it all, seen it all, and, well, we think we have. Well, who knows what's next? But, you know, this is one of those places where um, – you say what you feel and you say what you want and it's all good with me. That's awesome. That's why I like OutKick. That's why when I'm dead and buried, I'll be, I'll still, I'm writing a bunch of articles for when I'm dead. I still want to contribute to OutKick because that's how we are here. What do you think? What do you want? What do you say? What do you believe? Let's go. Don't be afraid of it. Love it. That's why Charlie's here from ESPN. Uh, that's why Michelle Tafoya left ESPN. As a white dude, you couldn't say nothing at ESPN. Hey, man, let me tell you, the African-American dudes say whatever they want. White boy wasted Jalen Rose and others. But the fact of the matter is, I'm down with what Dana White says. And when I heard this, I compared it to working here. I do. Where else can you say things like the African-American community, based on fact, needs to get their leadership in order? I mean, maybe on Dana White's podcast or maybe on Joe Rogan's podcast, but they do, particularly here in Indianapolis. All you got to do is look at what's going on in the world. Other places you get muzzled, here you don't. And I love it, and I appreciate Dana White doing that. I do. All right, now, speaking of an idiot, Alabama State football player, uh, he went and hit a security guard. So the Alabama State football player uh, got mad at a fan, was going at a fan, and a security guard tried to help him. Get away. Hey, look, don't. Get away. What are you doing? Well, here's a video. Look at this idiot. Why are you smacking a security guard? I'm telling you, people are out of control, man. This dude just gets hit. And look at this other idiot. He's still talking. I mean, what are you doing? Well, run that back again. This is where we're at in our country. We're going to go smack a security guard. Watch this. He's helped. Uh, oh. It's unfreaking believable. Just go smack a security. I'm yelling at fans, security guards there, and this coward smacks. Him. And I guarantee you, 
I guarantee you nothing should be done to the poor baby because we don't want accountability. What should happen with the poor baby is he should never play in a football game for any school ever again. You don't smack security guards, particularly when they're trying to get your dumb, you know what, away from fans. It's the damnedest thing. The world that we live in is no accountability. Do whatever you want. Hey, do whatever you want. Hey, uh, this is near and dear to my heart. You know I like to door dash. Lost four grand a couple years ago, betting the NCAA tournament, owed my family, so I went door dashing. Now I go about, I don't know, once or twice, three or four times a month. I'm trying to make 50 to 100 bucks, and I donate it to our bikes program. When I'm bored and I don't want to eat, I get in the car, turn the radio on, and go door dashing. But this actually happened, and I am not happy. A DoorDash delivery driver delivering Dunkin' Donuts went right into a lake after following, after following the GPS. The GPS took my man right into the lake. Now look, at some point, hey, look, it's dark. If you're door dashing at night, it gets dark fairly early now. It used to be like 10 o'clock here in Indy. Now we're around 7.30. But the fact of the matter is, don't go in a lake. A friend of mine just drove his golf cart into a lake out here at Old Oakland Golf Course. That's right. They had a thing. They had a big party called Rock the Range, a band, drinks, hors d'oeuvres on the driving range. The bourbon was flowing. The guy lived this way. Somehow, some way, he went that way and put his cart into a little pond off the first tee on the East Course at Old Oakland. Look, people, open your damn eyes. Don't blindly follow. I say this in every walk of life. Don't blindly follow. Don't be sheep. Don't blindly follow a political candidate, some kind of boss. I did. No man is a hero to his valet is going to be the name of my book when I talk about my life experiences with Bob Knight. I basically was his valet. No, and you know what? I love the guy, so I did whatever. And at the end of the day, you're like, no, 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 no. No, no, ixnay on the Elvis, whatever. No. All right, we come back. I got some damn awards. But don't blindly follow nobody. I got damn awards coming up, and you're going to like them. Hey, thanks to Pat McAfee, by the way. Yesterday, Pat McAfee had a pissed his suits off at ESPN. He not only showed Lou Holtz, but he showed our entire show, me and Holtz, next to each other on his show. My phone was blowing up. Pat and I were texting about it. I appreciate Pat doing that. That had to make Norby and the fellas just pissed off. That fucking doggage. What are you going to do? All right, we'll be right back. I got the damn awards coming up next. Are you looking for the hottest sportsbook offers? At OutKick, find exclusive promos, expert picks, and the latest odds. Get in the game at OutKick.com backslash bet. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned.
Hey, welcome back. Uh, I was just reading about the health benefits of vodka, and antiseptic is one. So if you cut yourself, do yourself a hero, dump a, or do yourself a favor and dump a little vodka on it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, it's the damn awards. Yeah, don't at me. We don't swear on this show much, but the damn awards, we like them. Don't at me spells damn. Hero of the week, ladies and gentlemen, none other than 86-year-old Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz stood on our program, sat on our program, and did not back down from his comments regarding Ryan Day and others. And you know what? I loved what Ryan Day did after the game. I loved it. And I loved what Lou Holtz did after the game. I loved what he did before the game. He's sitting there at Notre Dame. He's a legend. He's got a statue. He's got his little Notre Dame jacket on. And he says, look, Notre Dame's more physical. And then he stood by it even after the game. And he's not wrong. Notre Dame decided when they were running out the clock to throw a pass that stopped the clock, kept a timeout, and it ended up costing uh, Notre Dame big. It was a terribly coached game by Marcus Freeman. No, uh, Lou Holtz did what he should have done, I guess. I didn't really think about it. Called Marcus Freeman, said, sorry, put you in a bad spot. Uh, Mike Bray knew that Digger Phelps was always talking to opponents, but Digger... True story, wanted Mike Bray to lose every game. Nothing killed Digger more than when Mike Bray ended up breaking his Notre Dame all-time wins record. That crushed his soul. But anyway, long story short, I don't think Lou Holtz wants Notre Dame to lose at this point in his life. Probably at some point he did. But Lou Holtz, you're an American hero. And by the way, you got us some pretty good pub. You did. McAfee, great job. Every news outlet that covers sports in the country and some that don't, including Fox News, had our interview with Holtz, and it was great. It's what we do here on this show, and we thank Coach Holtz. The dunce of the week, Bob Mendez. Jeez, I mean, what are we doing? You want to know why criminals feel entitled? You want to know why we see big old fat meatball, the woman on Instagram, who was so brazen as people were looting in uh, Philadelphia, now crying as she's in the slammer in a mugshot facing felony charges because people feel there's no accountability in this world. People feel, and maybe we've always felt, but maybe it's just more brazen right now, that Bob Mendez, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and his like, there's no accountability. Bob Mendez is stupid enough that Bob Mendez took gold bars in bags as bribes. Now, Bob Mendez probably feels that his name is Mendez, and in this day and age, he can't get fired or impeached, and he may be right. The worry about Democrats is this. The worry about Democrats is, are people going to trust Democrats in 2024? Look, I'll tell you later on, if we don't get kicked off YouTube, why what Democrats should not worry about, and that's whether Bob Mendez is going to influence a vote. He is charged with conspiracy to commit honest services fraud, conspiracy to commit extortion under color of official right, bribery. They include receiving cash, gold bars, payments towards a mortgage, compensation for a low or no-show job, luxury vehicle, other items of value. They found more than 480000 in cash, stuffed in envelopes, hidden in closets, hidden in clothing, and a safe. Jackets bearing the senator's name worth as much as $70,000 in his wife's 
safe deposit account. A convertible Mercedes, by the way, worth more than 60. And Mendez is saying, hey, yeah, I'll give up my seat. I'll give up my seat as the temporary chair of the Foreign Relations Committee, but I ain't resigning. Hell no. Hell no, he's not going to resign. There's no accountability in this world. There's nothing going on. What, are you crazy? Come on. Bob Mendez, what are you talking about? What a jackass. He and the old lady, right? Ah, we're just going to, eh. And I can hear the old lady, yeah, my old man and I, give us some cash, buy us a car. a boy, Bob Mendez. What a punk. What a punk. And he's just going to ride it out. It's what we do. Go get him, Jersey. That's old school Tony Soprano stuff. Hey, hey, yo. Going to get you a car. Going to get you something nice here. You know what I mean? You get you something nice. I'll get you some gold bars. We took off a Brinks truck over there on the south side. I'll get you a couple of gold bars. You protect us. No? Hey, what are you thinking? World is nuts. Uh, craziest story of the week. Tyreek Hill wanting to have the sex. Well, that's not crazy in itself, but Tyreek Hill telling Mike Evans on a podcast that he, Tyreek Hill, wants to be a porn star. Look, it's not like these guys are rocket scientists. I used to say football players are really smart, and you just saw one that we just had on our airways. Clay is brilliant. Tyreek Hill, not so much. But hey, look, the guy can run fast. The guy can run fast, so I guess we're all supposed to pay attention to him. You know, I don't know. I mean, he, he I assume, graduated from Garden City, got kicked out of Oklahoma State, went to West Alabama. So I'm sure based on all the education that he has, he's a deep thinker. He's somebody that gives a lot of thought to stuff. So when he talks about being a porn star, kids out there, I suggest you do the same. I suggest you follow the lead of the cheetah, they call him. Apparently that's his nickname, Tyreek Hill, and and aspire to be a porn star. Get yourself some elongation pills, some thickening pills. Get yourself some Viagra and have at it. Just don't be a fluffer. For those of you that don't know what a fluffer is, the fluffer is the person on the side that gets the porn stars ready, whether it's the woman or the man. Don't be a fluffer. If you're going to be a porn star, go be a porn star and do yourself a favor. Get a shot in your ass every week of penicillin. I had a friend once who uh, was engaged in much sex. He got the seven-year drip. True story. Don't get the seven-year drip. We used to ask him, how many years in are we? He goes, ah, two. I go, you think there's five left? He goes, I don't know. True story. It came from a woman that, uh, well, she had a sore throat, is all I'll say. Anyway, that's where we're at. Uh, Who's had the worst week? I don't know. A lot of people have had a bad week. Mel Tucker certainly had a bad week. Mel Tucker lost $75 million. That's what I heard. He got 90. Apparently, he got 15. Lost $75 million this week for getting involved with a Well, a woman with a grudge, Brenda Tracy, she says she was whatever she says she was because the tugger, he was tugging on it while he was talking to her. I don't know how this makes her some victim. She stayed on the phone for it. But, hey, it is what it is. Tucker is just too stupid maybe to coach. But the worst week on the field had to be Sean Payton. Remember Sean Payton did all that yapping? Yappity yak, don't talk back. Sean Payton was talking about Nathaniel Hackett, the previous coach of the Broncos. Oh, the worst coaching job I've ever seen in the NFL. And then 
Sean Payton, when he got called out on it, did Sean Payton type things. He tried to weasel out of it by saying, well, I had my Fox hat on. I didn't have my coach hat on. Shut up. You're a weasel. You showed yourself to be a weasel, and away we go. I did like Sean Payton's wife or daughter, though, when she came on our show. I thought she was pretty cool. He's from Morocco, Indiana, which is way up north in northern Indiana, southern Indiana to me because it's south of Lowell in U.S. 30, but I digress. Sean Payton's team gave up 70, and Sean Payton got his big mouth shut, and it should have. Honest to God. When you're a scab and you've been able to overcome being a scab, you got to just shut up, go about your work, and don't talk about other people. Sean Payton's lucky to be in the NFL. He was lucky when now, apparently, I, I don't know if he dates transgender or he did, Hank Bassett dropped an onside kick. Don't at me, people. Magic Johnson is a really nice guy. I've had the opportunity to meet him twice. Magic Johnson is America's dumbest on Twitter. Magic Johnson... Uh, is a bit of a disorganized mess, but he's been smart enough to have really smart people around him, including his wife, Cookie, who was a good friend of one of my dear friends. She actually went to their wedding, and everybody involved says Cookie is the brains behind Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson says the Knicks are the only NBA team team he'd consider uh, owning. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't consider owning the Lakers. I don't know why you wouldn't consider owning the Bulls. I don't know. I mean, hey, look, Magic Johnson is the perfect guy. Magic Johnson's the guy who builds decent homes next to the big home property. Other people put the group together, like Josh Harris, to buy the Philadelphia 76ers or whoever the hell he bought. I don't know. And Magic jumps in on the deal like the Dodgers. He's a part of it because he's got big scratch, big personality. But Magic Johnson's smarter than anybody. Low risk, high reward ownership is the way to go about the business that we are in, people. And Magic Johnson is very, very smart about that. Hey, look, uh, I'm going to redo or reintroduce Jason Allen Hammer's bets for this weekend. But first, do yourself a favor and do it right now. Go to pointsbet.com, download the app, and give yourself or make yourself a new user as we head to tonight's football slate, which extends until Monday night. Look, new users get up to $1,000 in second chance bets. You lose 50, they're going to replenish. And now you got another shot, up to 50 bucks. It's a hell of a deal. Second chance bets are all the rage. They make it well risk-free up to $1,000. Dollars in second chance bets. All you got to do is get on point bet, points bet and start playing. You got to be 21 or older. Look, there are some restrictions in different states. If you got a gambling problem, go to 1 800 gambling. And to find all this goodness, you go to outkick.com backslash bet. It's just what you do. All right, let's recap. So Mel Tucker gets fired, and people are saying, why did he get fired? Well, every coach knows this. Do I think he should have been fired? No. Do I think Michigan State fired him to cover their ass? Yes. Was Mel Tucker right when he and his attorney released a statement saying, going back and predating the days of the awfulness that was Larry Nasser, Michigan State and its athletic department has been a blank show. He's right. The people at Michigan State, horrendous. They have that little brother complex. They have that insecurity. They're a mess. Well, guess what? Mel Tucker, still, whatever he says, after he admitted to bait and fish on a consensual alleged phone call 
with Brenda Tracy, he violated. Now they're a laughing stock. Mel Tucker should have said, I never baited fish. Mel Tucker should have stonewalled it. Mel Tucker should have been like every government official that goes in front of Congress. You're under no obligation not to lie. You can lie your ass off. I didn't do that. We talked about it, but I never did that. Look, Lying is apparently okay now in the world because when you tell the truth, you lose $74 million. And that's what Michigan State threw at Mel Tucker in their statement. They said your admitted behavior. Hey, did you have consensual phone sex with Brenda Tracy? No. Well, even if she taped it, yeah, I was just acting like I did. I didn't really do that. Are you crazy? I ain't doing that. Only with my wife. That's what he should have said. He got bad advice. There's no reason in the world that we live in, truthfully, other than, uh, I guess, a conscience, to tell the truth. Doesn't work out for you. Michigan State's saying, look, you were inappropriate with a vendor. And why is she a vendor? Because Tucker was dumb enough or in love enough or trying to hit that enough that he paid the woman money to speak to their team, made her an honorary captain. And every coach knows once you do that, You are putting that person on the employee list and all of the nonsense that Title IX investigations incur. That's like a Patriot Act. It's a wide-ranging thing. This woman, Brenda Tracy, didn't get violated. This woman, Brenda Tracy, engaged in it willingly. You could tell by the number of phone calls. All she had to do was hang up if she was so horrified. She's the one that teaches young men and young women how to handle assault, how to handle things. She couldn't handle it by going, yo, Mel, uh, when you get done there, uh, put that thing away, go kiss your wife and don't call me anymore. Boom. If she was so violated, of course she wasn't, but Hey, it ain't her fault. Mel Tucker was stupid. Mel, his fault. Mel, ain't her fault. Mel Tucker didn't love his wife enough uh, to not do that. And now Mel Tucker pays a $75 million price tag on it. The other news of the day, Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is the man. Dame, all the guys say. R.G. Griffin, or whatever the hell his name is, says this was dirty work by the Portland Trailblazers sending to to a former uh, NBA championship team that's still intact. Dirty work, they said. Empowerment's over. Because Dame didn't want to go there. Hey, Dame, you could have ended up in Orlando or you could have ended up here in Indy. Or even though Sacramento's pretty decent, you could have ended up in Sacramento. You know what? Shut up, all you people around the NBA. The dude's 33 years old. He's played 87 total games in two years. And even when he was playing, it ain't like he lifted the Portland Trailblazers to great heights. Dame Lillard is a guy that has massive street cred and every single white journalist is going to kiss his ass because they don't want to be on the other side of Dame Lillard calling you racist or names or white supremacist or whatever. But the fact remains, monster trade, uh, Aiton goes to the Blazers, some dude named Kamara goes to the Blazers, Drew Holiday, who's a good dude, goes to the Blazers along with the 29 first round pick two first-round swaps with the Bucks, blah, 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 blah. The Suns get the Cretan that is known as Grayson Allen. The Suns get 4.7 points a game, Keenan Jackson, 6.6 points a game, Nasir Little. Be a great trade if this were high school rankings. And Yusef Nurek, who is pretty good, he's 13-9. and nine. That's the prize for the Phoenix Suns. They get rid of Aiton and get a guy in Urich, I think it's Nurek, 
uh, my Serbian brother that shoots 37% from three, rebounds at damn near double digits, and go get you 13 or 14 every single night. But I'm tired. Magic Johnson, imagine the pick and roll with Giannis and Dame. It's unstoppable. Yeah, we'll see. Look, let's be honest. You got to beat Nurek. Thank you. you Nurkic, whatever. He's Serbian, so we say whatever. That's what we do. Anyway, uh, it's a decent trade for everybody. I don't know if the Bucs are going to win the world's championship, but they do have the best, most unstoppable player on the planet, and it ain't Dame Lillard. Good for the Bucs. They got a little bit held hostage, and they went out and got a guy that should make them happy. Donald Trump yesterday was visiting with the United Auto Workers, and Donald Trump yesterday had this to say about Joe Biden. It was glorious. Give a listen and a watch. The only time Joe Biden has ever gotten his hands dirty is when he's taking cash from foreign countries, which is quite often, actually. It's quite often. Based on what we're seeing, it's much more often than anyone would have thought. But can you imagine an unannounced raid on his many homes? He would have made Senator Menendez look like a baby, just like a baby. Can you imagine? You know, they gave him three weeks' notice. You know, they said, we're going to raid your home over documents. They gave him three weeks. Would three weeks be enough? So I can imagine. I'd like to see what he cleaned out of there. Joe Biden only cares about enriching his own family. I care about enriching your family. That's why I did this. That's why I did it. Pretty good. He's not wrong. I mean, there's a new thing out that there is direct link to Biden's home address of a wire from Russia of $250,000. We all remember in the debates with Trump, he said no one's ever gotten a dime from Russia in his family. I mean, how many lies are you all going to take? But hey, you do you, I'll do me. But I got to tell you, if you are a guy that still supports Joe Biden, you and I got a problem. I just think you're stupid. I'm just telling you, I just think you're a dumbass. That's all. I mean, that's all. So all these guys that are on here can say whatever, but I got to tell you, I think you're a dumbass. Uh, the writings are maybe going to continue in Philadelphia. I have said this. I'm bringing the National Guard and the Army. I'm not letting you tear down my businesses. And if I'm Apple, I'm getting the hell out of there. Yeah, you idiots want to come. And you know what? People are saying like AOC and that big fat lady that got arrested, Meatball. Uh, you all want to tell us that you're just trying to eat? Well, Apple Store doesn't have any food, but maybe the rioters are stupid enough to not understand that the Apple Store doesn't mean there's apples. They seem like idiots. They look like idiots. They act like idiots. Maybe they're dumb enough to think the Apple Store actually means we got apples. I don't know what robbing a liquor store, maybe they like jerky. Maybe like beer nuts. I don't know. But that's all a bunch of crap. These are thugs. These are ridiculous human beings that need to be arrested. This needs to stop in your city, my city. I don't care if you're black or white. This needs to stop. And by the way, I see very many MAGA hats running through the streets doing a lot of robbery. I didn't see a lot of Republicans, or at least what you all tell me Republicans look like, uh, out there doing all the robbery. I'm not sure I saw many, quote, white males who, according to Joe Biden, are the scourge of our country out there looting and robbing. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But it sure seems like I didn't see a lot of that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just saw the wrong video. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Can you imagine? Hey, man, I'm hungry. Yeah? We're going to go rob the Apple store. Hey, dumbass. It's electronics. Hey, what? It says Apple. 
I need chin implants. That's next. I just looked at myself from the side. I did not like it even a bit. All right, ladies and gentlemen, woke dope me, will you please? Can I get some woke dope out of you? Uh-oh, I just hit the table. Oh, dress for the job you want. I'm ready to be senator in Pennsylvania. I think that's Kirk Russell. Man, is that one of the most amazing things? You know, one of the things that I always say, and I will always say, and I think most of you would agree with this, if you lower or raise the bar, people will meet it. If you lower the bar to the clown like John Fetterman, who literally cannot think, and look, is it his fault? Probably not. He had a stroke, but do good. Then go take care of yourself. Don't be a leader in our country. Just don't do it. But damn, if you raise the bar, I think guys ought to wear a suit and tie every day if you're on the Senate floor. I think you should look dignified. And I don't care whether you think pants around your ass looks dignified. It doesn't. I don't care whether you think the face tattoo looks dignified. It doesn't. Both look idiotic, stupid, and sloppy. Wear a jacket and a tie, nice suit, put on some shoes, shine the shoes, and let's have at it all day in the Senate. If you're a radio, TV, or you're doing a streaming show and you're trying to get the Cubs to win, dress appropriately. Simple. I keep it simple. Next. Oh, man. I'm solving your financial problems, but lowering the cost of concert tickets. Now, I would say in Biden's defense here, If I may, I'm not mad at that. Would I rather see him lower my grocery bill? Yes. Would I rather see him not be a moron about my gas? Yes. I get it. I swear to you, I get it. I do. But hey, every little bit helps. Told my daughter the other day, you're out of here. You're 26 years old. You're paying for your own Ubers now. You're a grown-ass woman with a full-time job. Every little bit helps, ladies and gentlemen. What is Biden's dumb ass? A little bit of breathing room. My dad used to say when we sat around the table. Oh, shut up. But I ain't mad. Ted Cruz started it. I ain't mad. I am not mad. All right. Oh, yeah, that's the dude, Jeff Bridges. I'm sorry. From the Big Lebowski. Yeah, I knew that. Next! Do we only have two today? I thought we had three. Oh, man. Wait a second. What is going on here? Fear no... Wait a second. I can't see this one. I got to look at this one. This one could be interesting. Is that... I mean, with Joe Biden, you got to be careful who he's creeping. I fear no man. I can't read it, but I ain't mad at it. I wish I could. What's that? Oh, talking about stairs, but that thing, it scares me. Look, Joe Biden can't lift his feet. Now, I'll make fun of it because he's decided to put himself out there and be arrogant and lie to us, and I have no respect for him. And I think the White House is doing the right thing. Shorter steps. He can't even climb to the top of the plane. Look, go ahead and defend him all you want. Seriously. 
Go ahead and defend him if you'd like. I mean, it's great. You should defend him. You got to defend him. Why wouldn't you defend him? It's all you can do is defend him. But I got to tell you, that dude is a complete and utter clown. He is. I'm sorry. Jim, honest question. Do you think Trump is innocent of all charges ever brought against him ever? I don't know what you're trying to say, JPG. Yeah, I think he's innocent. Screw it. He didn't do nothing. He didn't do nothing. <laughs> That's how I look at it. I don't know. Maybe I'll put that out as a, as a poll question. I will say this. If you don't start hitting the like button on our show, I'm going to punch somebody. Now, that's how I roll. I ain't, I ain't afraid to throw hands on people. I'll throw hands today, tomorrow, the next day. But you got to start liking the like button and you got to subscribe. The like button I've forgotten to get to, but you got to go with it. And by the way, uh, there will be at 1 o'clock a two big brains as we get ready for the weekend. Two big brains coming up on the Two Big Brains YouTube channel at 1 o'clock. And I'll be on Hot Mike at 3.40 this afternoon. That's right. I'm on with the fellas at 3.40 this afternoon. So make damn sure that you join us on Hot Mike at 3.40. Also, I thought this was pretty classy. Travis Hunter and Colorado State Safety, Henry Blackburn, they met up after the big time hit. There's nothing wrong with that. Good for them. See, kids can hang in there. The other guys can't. See, adults suck. Adults make these things crazy. Hey, and I'm not going to lie to you. If you talk that talk, you got to walk that walk. Travis Hunter, he talked that talk, and he got hit really hard by a guy that hit him really hard. That's all it was. That's part of football. And if you don't like it, I cannot help you. Tomorrow we're going to preview, ladies and gentlemen, the Ryder Cup, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Anyway... I hope, I hope, I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Remember, I need the Cubs to get a win. If the Cubs are winning in the sixth, nobody move. I got to get one tonight. It's a must win. The Cubs are now tied with the Marlins for the last playoff spot. Have a great afternoon, everybody. See you tomorrow.